Everybody come on in, grab your Bibles, John 15. If you need a lesson, please get a lesson. Uh, do I have anybody to help pass them out? Did anybody need a lesson? Did anybody need a lesson? All right, we need one right over here. Anybody else? Anybody else need a lesson? Raise your hand if you need a lesson. All right, you're going to need it to follow along, I promise you, because we're going to be a lot of places tonight, <clears throat> but I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Anybody else? Anybody else need a lesson? Anybody up there? Everybody good up there? All right. All right, if you're glad to be saved, say amen. amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started. John 15 and verse number, let's do this, let's do this. Let's go back, let's go back to verse 31. <clears throat> verse 31 of chapter 14, uh, because that leads us, that, that'll kind of tell us what's going on uh, as we go into uh, chapter 15. If, you, if you're at chapter 14, 31, say amen. amen. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Now here's where we want to start. Arise. Let us go hence. You remember, they're in the upper room. Y'all with me? The last supper, uh, the, the last meal that Jesus has with his disciples before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's arrested, uh, taken and crucified, and, is, and, and resurrects again. Uh, here they are in the upper room, and they're leaving the upper room. He's given them, he's washed their feet. Uh, he's given them instructions on, on joy and serving and humility and all of these things. He's revealed, this is a key, this is a key to understand, uh, especially the first part of John 15, he's revealed the traitor. He has revealed the traitor in Judas. Judas is no longer with them. He has gone, Jesus has sent him out. He said, what thou doest, do quickly. He has separated him uh, from the true disciples. And Judas is now going to do his thing. It's just Jesus and the 11. If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, now let's jump right into chapter 15. As he's walking, <clears throat> as he's going from the upper room, he's going out the east side of Jerusalem, going through the eastern gate to go up and cross the Kidron Valley to go up the, uh, 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 the Mount of Olives there and to be in the garden praying. And as he's going, he's teaching them this. And he is speaking this to them. There's a great possibility. Uh, there's a great possibility that he has passed a vineyard and he sees the vineyard and he's using this as an object lesson to teach his disciples. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, let's look in verse 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches." He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do what? If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And the men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. In other words, that makes you genuine. You're the real deal. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, and as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I commanded you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. And for all the things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth what? And that your fruit should, what? Remain. Remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy and your kindness and your word. Uh, thank you for truth tonight. 
God, thank you for clarification. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for illumination. Thank you for opening our minds to truth and helping us to see things we haven't never seen before, see things that we didn't know before. I pray that you'll just touch everyone here. Lord, they've all had a rough week. Uh, Lord, some have had devastating damage of their property. And Lord, a lot of things going on and there's, there's going to be a financial crunch and a financial crisis and many other things. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless everyone that came tonight. I pray that you'll bless those that are watching by way of uh, the internet and, and, and tuning in that way. I pray that we could sit at your table for a little while and eat the bread of life. I pray that your perfect will be done tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. Uh, like I said earlier, tonight we're going we're gonna to go through a lot of Scripture. We're going to go through a lot of Scripture and we're going to see things. Uh, I, I have several outlines. I have several outlines of John chapter 15. Uh, I really wanted to do the easy way out and use one of my old outlines and just put it together and throw it in the microwave and warm it up and put it on the table. Uh, but God did not see fit to do that. Uh, there are some things that, that I have taught wrong in this particular chapter uh, before in some of the other studies that I've done, some of the other commentaries I've read. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you will uh, read one man's idea of the chapter and it'll be different than this man's idea of the chapter. And uh, one thing to know and to remember when you're studying the Bible, the Bible never contradicts itself. Are y'all with me? Say amen. In other words, you, you, can, you can take a verse that makes it sound like you could lose your salvation. But then, uh, then we find several verses and, and, and we can put verse after verse after verse after verse where the Bible says that all that the Father give me, I will lose none. I will lose none. I give them eternal life. No man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. I mean, verse after verse after verse. So, so what do we do? We, we compare Scripture with Scripture and we study the Bible with the Bible. If that makes sense, say amen. And so I want to do this. I want to, I want to take this and really understand what's going on here in John chapter number 15. It's not just as simple as a, a Christian bearing fruit. Jesus is trying to teach them something. He's trying to help them understand some things. What has taken place? What has taken place? You got to go read. You got to go read chapter 13 and 14 uh, to really get what Jesus is trying to do in chapter 15. What has taken place so far? Uh, so far, he's revealed that he's going to die. So far, he's revealed that he's going to leave and, and he's got to depart and, 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 and he's not going to be with them anymore. They're really bugged out about that. They're so wigged out about that that he has to tell them in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Now, the only reason Jesus would tell them, let not your heart be troubled, is because their heart was, they were upset. Now, now, not only is the Savior leaving, not only is our hero abandoning us, not only, not only is he going to leave us, but now we find there's a traitor in the midst. Jesus has revealed to them Judas. He's revealed to them that one of them is going to betray. One of them is going to, he's going to uh, be a traitor and try his best to betray all of them, not just the one, but all. And it was Judas. Surely not Judas. I mean, we trust Judas. How could it be Judas? We trusted Judas enough to make him the, the treasurer. You don't put a goober in the job of the treasurer. Say amen. You put the most trusted one. And so he was so good and he was so deceptive and he played the role so well they had no idea that he was really not a true believer. He was not a true disciple. Not only was he not a true disciple and not a true believer, but he was wicked. He was deceptive. And he's going to betray Jesus. So here in this one, I promise you this, they did not go to dinner thinking now this was going to happen. They did not go to dinner that night thinking, man, they were just thinking, we're going to have dinner with, with the Savior again, and this is going to be great, man. We're going to have a great time. We're going to celebrate the Passover. And now their world is completely turned upside down. 
They've got all of this information. All of this news has been revealed to them. And Jesus says, all right, guys, let's go. And so they all get up. They all get up. They pile up. And they go. And now they're headed to the Mount of Olives. They're headed out of Jerusalem. They're going out of the city. They're going out of the eastern gate. And and they're going to go up to the Mount of Olives. And in the process of going, like I said earlier, possibly they could have passed a vineyard. Jesus is very good at using word pictures. Don't necessarily call this a parable because it's really not a parable. It's more of a word picture. Uh, He uses it all the time. This is one of his great I am's. I am the true vine. He said, I am the water of life. You know, I am the light of the world. I, and he uses word pictures to help us understand some things. And so right now, he's ha- he, he has the job of explaining to his disciples what the deal is. He's got to explain to them what's going on with Judas. How could Judas do this? How could Judas be this? And I titled, I titled the lesson tonight, The Real Deal. The real deal. Jesus is using in these first few verses of chapter number 15, he's going to explain to them that there is a real deal. There is a genuine article. In other words, really two things. There is a real vine. You remember he said, I'm the true vine. I'm going to give you this here in just a second. Just let me set the table and we'll, we'll scoot through it, all right? He said, I'm the true vine. If there's a true vine, then that means there's got to be a... A false vine. There's got to be a false vine, a a, a, a vine that's not real. All right? He talks about two different kinds of branches. He talks about two different kinds of branches. Branches that bear no fruit and branches that bear fruit. So really, he's not only talking about two different sources, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but he's talking about two different disciples. He's trying to help them understand There are people that are true believers and there's people that are false believers. Now, we've seen this. We've seen this all throughout this study of John. We've seen how people would follow him and profess, profess to believe in him. But they was just following him to get a free meal. How many of y'all remember that? And there was time after time after time, Jesus would have these big crowds and he would give truth to them and then they would scatter because they were not true believers. What's the point? How do we apply this? Listen, guys, you got to understand something. In every church, this, this week we had a little over 2,000 people here Sunday morning. I hope you don't think every one of them were genuine believers. Because that's just not reality. In every church in America, there's, there's true disciples and there's false disciples. And Jesus is using a word picture to describe who the genuine article is. Who is the genuine disciple? Not a professed disciple. Not one that shows up on Sunday. Not one that puts their suit on and has their Bible in their hand. You can have a suit on and a Bible in your hand and still go to hell. Think about how, think about this. Judas, Judas was so good he, 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 he played the role so well that they gave him the money. You can be that good and still be a false disciple. So the whole point of these first few verses is Jesus letting you understand something. There is, there is Jesus the vine. There is the father is the husbandman who takes care of the vine and ministers to the one bearing fruit, and there's going to be branches that bear fruit, and there's going to be branches that don't. That's it. In all simplicity, that is this first part of this chapter. We don't need to spiritualize it. We don't, we don't, need, to, we don't need to put something that's not there. Let's say what Jesus is saying in these verses. If, you, if you're following me so far and I haven't lost you yet, say amen. amen. All right, good. Write this down. Write this down. Here's your first word. Number one, Roman numeral number one. I want you to write this word down. Identification. Identification. We're going to identify some things here in this chapter. Because to get the truth, you need to know who he's talking about. Identification. All right? Verse number one. Verse number one. I am, what color is your your writing? What does that mean? 
Come on, everybody. What's it mean? Jesus is talking, okay? I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. So there's, there's, there's an article. There's, 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 there's branches that don't bear fruit. How many of y'all can see that? Okay, so first you have uh, uh, Jesus, the true vine. Then you have the Father. Then every branch that beareth fruit. And then there's every branch that beareth fruit. So there's another one. So here's what I want you to do. Right beside the true vine, I want you to write the word Jesus. There's no question. There's no question. That, that's, a, that's a gimme. That's a given. Jesus is saying, I'm the true vine. I'm the true vine. Now, I put one here to help you understand the significance of why he's saying what he's saying. Okay? So, uh, A is the true vine, which is? Come on. A is the true vine, which is? Jesus. B is the false vine, and I want you to write this. That is Israel. That is Israel. All right, now we're going to start turning in our, in our Bibles. Turn with me to Psalm 80. It's all going to make sense. I'm making you exercise tonight. Some of you look like you need it. Your fingers are looking a little weak. We need to work them fingers, all right? Psalm 80, verse 7. I don't hear no pages turning. Help me, people. Let me hear them pages turn. I know what you're doing. You're waiting until they put it on the board. <laughs> if we're coming to Bible study, you need to have your Bible. Say amen. amen. Now, if you're new to Bible study, I'm not going to be hard on you. You don't know no better. But if you've been coming for a while, you know better. Bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Something may happen to me. God may send me to Zimbabwe. I may check out early, and you might get another preacher up here that's not preaching the right thing, and you need to have the right thing in your hands so you can keep him in accountability. Say amen. Bring your Bible. Amen. All right. Psalm 80. Psalm 80, verse number 7. Are you there? All right. And if you don't have your Bible, it's up here. Okay? All right. Turn us again. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Thou hast brought a vine. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. What is he talking about? He's talking about when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt, God sent Moses to deliver the nation of Israel out of Egypt. When he brought them to the promised land, to Canaan, he got the heathens out. We, remember, we studied the word heathen Sunday. He's talking about foreigners, people that were not, they were not Jews, they were Gentiles. He got them all out of the land and planted Israel in the promised land, in Canaan. He calls them a what? Vine. Help me. He calls them a vine. vine. He took them out of of Egypt and planted the in Canaan. All right? So we know this is talking about Israel. If you're with me, say amen. All right, look what it says. Look what it says. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparest a room before it and this caused it to take deep root and it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it and the bows thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her bows under the sea and her branches under the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges so that all they which pass by thy way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it. That is in reference to the judgment on the nation of Israel. Now, anytime you see the vine in the Old Testament, it's in reference to Israel. And, and there's no good, there's no good reference. There's no good reference. Every reference is talking about judgment. He said, I did everything for it. And he compares Israel to a vine that he took and planted and, 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 and babied it and nursed it and did all the things necessary. And because of their wickedness, because of their sin and their rebellion, he had to judge it. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, turn with me to Isaiah 60. Turn with me to Isaiah 60. <clears throat> That's in your Old Testament, just a few pages over. I don't hear pages. I'm listening Isaiah 60, 
Just flip, 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 flip. Come on. All right, Isaiah 60. I know some of you, they in the staff meeting, they, they got sideways with me because they was bringing in phones and looking on tablets and didn't have their Bibles. What are you going to do when that battery goes dead? <laughs> have a Bible. Amen. All right. I'm going to have all y'all mad at me tonight. I see. All right. I said 60. Go to Isaiah 5. See, I'm just making you exercise. You just got Isaiah 5. I looked at that wrong. Here we go. All right, Isaiah 5, verse number 1. <clears throat> verse number 1. It says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my well-beloved. Now this is talking about the nation of Israel, God's beloved. Touching his vineyard. My well-beloved had the vineyard in a very fruitful hill. This is, this, is, this is God speaking, and he's saying what he's done for the nation of Israel. And he's using a vineyard as a word picture to describe what he has done for the nation of Israel. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, he said he fenced it. First, he put it in a very fruitful hill. He fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vines and built, it, uh, uh, built a tower in the midst of it. Also made a wine press therein and he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. Oh, now... O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could I have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wow. wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof. It shall be eaten. And this is talking about judgment coming upon Israel. And break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor dig, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain not, or excuse me, that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is, here it is, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. The house of Israel. So what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus saying? Oh, 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 I forgot one. I forgot one. We got we got to apply this. We got to tie the New Testament in. We got to tie the New Testament in. Look in Matthew, Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter three. This is this is <clears throat> Matthew chapter three. John John Baptist, John Baptist is having a revival service, and he's preaching repentance. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which are basically the religious leaders of Israel, the one in charge of, of the religious affairs of the nation of Israel. Amen? They come out to see what's going on. And this is John's reply to the leaders of the religious crowd in Jerusalem. Okay? This is his response. Verse number 7. <clears throat> Verse number 7. Chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Is everybody there? Matthew chapter 3. Verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers. Now that's a, that's a serious blow. Generation of vipers. What he's saying is, you're a viper, your pappy's a viper, and your grandpappy's a viper. He said, you come from a long line of vipers. Amen. I mean, a, you didn't just get this way. It's been this way a long time. He says, O generation of vipers. Who has to warn you to flee from the wrath to come? Watch now. Bring forth therefore, what? Fruits. Meat for repentance. And think not, this is the key, think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the what? The root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth, what? Good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Does that sound familiar? What is he saying? All right, let's go back. Let's go back to John 15 now. Let's go back to John 15. Okay? Jesus is telling his disciples. He's telling these true believers. These are true blue believers. They are the real deal. And he's trying to help them understand something. He said, I am the true vine. 
I am the true vine. They understand when they hear the word vine, they are connecting vine with Israel. There was a golden vineyard or golden vine in the, even in the temple because they know the symbolism there. They understand that when you hear the word vine, it's talking about the nation of Israel. Well, guess what? There were people that were connecting themselves to Israel. They were connecting themselves to Judaism and Israeli religion. And they were trusting in Judaism to get them to heaven. But guess what? It's a false vine. The axe has been laid to the root. There is no good fruit. And Jesus says they have been cut off. They were a vine, but they rebelled. They were God's vine that God prepared and and God blessed and God gave them everything that they needed, but they turned their back on God. And because they turned their back on God, they were rejected and they were cut off. They were cut off. And what Jesus is saying here, don't trust in the false vine. Don't trust in empty religion. Don't trust in the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jewish religion. It's not about the Jewish religion. It's about me. I am the true vine. Salvation is going to come from me. Somebody say amen. I'm the true vine. Does this make sense now? Abraham, excuse me, John Baptist saw it. He said, you're trusting in your heritage. You're trusting in your bloodline. You're trusting in Abraham. He said, let me tell you something. God can raise up children, these stones right here. God has laid the ax to the root. You better bring forth good fruit. Good fruit. I'm the true vine. So, so here's, here's what we need to know. As we go through this chapter, as we go through this, there is a true religion and a false religion. Do we see this? Can y'all see this? There is a true source of real salvation, and that's in Jesus. And there is a false. There were professors everywhere. There were people that were connecting themselves. Let's use the word attach. There were people attaching themselves to a vine that was dead. A religion that was dead. A religion that had no life. A religion that was legalistic and a religion that had formalism but no fire. They had legalism but no life. He said, don't attach yourself to a dead vine. I am the real deal. I'm the true vine. If that makes sense, say amen. So, so, so far, we we have a true vine which is... Come on, everybody. We have a true vine, which is? All right, we have a false vine, and we've identified the false vine as as Israel. Basically, here's a a simple way to put it. Here's here's an Alabama redneck phrase. Just because you're a Jew, don't think you're getting in. That's what he's saying. Don't, 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 Don't think. Don't think because Abraham is your father. We see we have a false, a false vine, which is Israel. Then, then, then see, write this down. We have the true vine, the false vine, then we have the husbandman. The husbandman. That's a, that's a, that's a good King James word for farmer. <clears throat> Mark, you didn't know you was a husbandman, did you? Amen. See, now you know. You got a title right there. Put it on, on, your, on your desk right there. Husbandman, Mark Bird. All right. He's the farmer. And look what he says in, in, in let me, uh-oh, I mean, i got to get back to John 15, John 15, John 15. All right? I am the true vine and my, okay, all right, all right, let's try it again. I'm the true vine and my, my father is the husbandman, is the husbandman. He's the farmer. Now, I want you to look, I want you to look at your, I, I put these so we didn't have to look them up. Maybe we could save a little time. The father is the caretaker. The father is the caretaker. He's the farmer. He's the one doing the plucking and the pruning and the, and the fertilizing and the, and the, and the weeding. And are y'all with me? God the father, his father, my father. Look what it says. Look what it says, Isaiah 27, 2. Isaiah, it's right in your notes right there. Isaiah 27, 2. 
In that day sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do... What's that word? Keep it. That word means to maintain. In other words, I'm the caretaker. I'm the husbandman. I'm the farmer. And the vineyard here is talking about Israel. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Isaiah 60, 21. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. forever. The branch of my... So who, who's, in, who's, who's responsible for all this? God the Father. He said, I planted it. I planted it. It's the work of my... That I may be... Oh, mercy. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to just a little bit. John 15, 8. It says, herein is my Father that ye bear much. Now think about this. God went to some pagans. Y'all realize Abraham was a pagan when God came and picked him out? He said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And, and fast forward, fast forward, here we are, we've got a bunch of Israelis, just a handful of slaves. A group of slaves. There wasn't nothing good about them. There wasn't nothing great about them. The only thing great about them is that God chose them. And God picked them. And God, God blessed them. God defined them. God gave them a law. God gave them Listen, so many things to make them different, make them special, make them holy. They were a chosen generation. And what did he say he chose them, took them? Let's use the terminology. A vine that he planted. He planted it in Israel, a very fruitful place, a vine in Canaan, so that they could bring what? Glory to him. Glory to him. Why did God cut them off? Why did God judge them? Why did God bring unbelievable judgment on the nation of Israel? Because they ceased to give him glory. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I want you to connect that. I want you to connect the fact that the father is the husbandman. It's the father's idea to, to work with Israel. It was the father's idea to take Israel as a vine and plant it because he had a purpose for Israel. And that purpose for Israel was to reveal his glory to the heathen, to the nations, to the, to the world. And they didn't. And because they didn't, the axe was laid to the root. And God moved from working through the nation of Israel to now he's working through the church. Say amen. Now don't get all sideways about Israel. God's got some more plans for them. Well, we ain't going to get in that now. We'll never, never get back to the outline. But the point is, the point is this. God is the caretaker. Listen, the vine here now is working through the church. The church is the body of Christ. Christ is the vine. We are the branches, right? But who is working in our life? The, the husbandman. God the Father. He is working in our life. He's active in our life, in the branches. Y'all with me? So that we'll bring forth, which by bringing forth fruit, will bring Him You see how all this works? Let's, let's hurry, let's hurry. I, I'm going to get to that again. Just keep that in mind. We see a true vine which is, come on everybody. We see a true vine which is, a false vine which is. Then we have, then we have uh, the husbandman, the farmer, the caretaker of the vine which is, is what? Father God. Father God. Okay, now, now let's look at two other characters if you will, if you want to use that terminology. Two other players in this story. First we have, <clears throat> write this down, we see... We see un, an unfruitful branch. I want you to put beside that a false profession. A false profession. 
I looked up that word in. Look what it says. Every branch in me. All right? It's the, it's the Greek word en. And it's translated, it's translated also in the New Testament among. Among. This is not saying, this is not saying that you can be in Christ. In other words, you can be converted, you can be saved and, and be cut off. It's not what it's saying. All right? He is saying there are, there are those among me. There are those who attach themselves to me. In other words, they profess to believe. How many of y'all know, no matter what door you knock on, most, probably 90% of the doors you knock on in Coleman County, uh, 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 when you say, are you a Christian, what are they going to say? Absolutely. My daddy was baptized in the creek. <laughs> what are they doing? They're attaching themselves. They're professing. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And what that means is they live by a church. <laughs> you say, how do you know that? Because I know there's not 80,000 people going to church in Coleman. I know there's not 80,000 people bearing fruit in Coleman. Or Coleman wouldn't be like what Coleman is. Are y'all with me? Let me tell you something. There ain't 2,000 people. In Temple Baptist Church this Sunday morning, that's bearing fruit. So what is he saying here? Now I know there's books written that this is saying that you can be a Christian but and not bear fruit. There's no Bible for that. He is talking about a false profession, a false believer, and I believe in context of what's going on in this night. And in this situation, he's explaining how Judas is the way he is. Judas professed. Judas followed. Judas was one of the twelve. Judas was the treasurer. But he was a false disciple. And he was a false professor. And when I say professor, I mean profess to be a believer. If that makes sense, Amen. Now watch, let's look at this, let's look at this. All right, 119 times the word, or the, the Greek word used for in me is used with the word among. In other words, there's going to be people around Jesus. There's going to be people, let's just use it today and apply it today. There's going to be people among us that are not of us. Okay. Everybody that comes in here Sunday, matter of fact, I'm going to just go ahead and go out on a limb and say this. There's going to be some that you would swear that is, that ain't, and there's going to be some you swear that ain't, that is. That's not good English, but you get it. There's going to be people you're going to be shocked that's not in heaven. And there's going to be people that you're shocked that is. You with me? Now, this is, this is let's, let's dig. Let's dig a little bit. Let's dig a little bit. Turn with me to Mark chapter number four. We're talking about no fruit. Every branch in me or among me that beareth not fruit. What does he do? He taketh away. And we'll talk about that in a minute. We take the, he said he taketh away. Mark chapter number, Mark chapter number four. We're talking about fruit, right? Talking about fruit. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Hurry, 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 hurry. This, this clock is just going like... All right? When you get there, say amen. amen. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the, the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in, this do, in his doctrine, or his teaching... Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell, the seed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth, or had, 
and when the sun was up, it was scorched because it didn't have any root, right? Withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground. Uh-oh, look here. Other fell on good ground. And what happened to the seed that fell on good ground? It did yield fruit. It yielded fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. So there's different levels of fruit, right? There's different levels of fruit. How many of y'all would agree that there's different Christians that are bearing different levels of fruit? How many of y'all know there's some more fruity than others? <clears throat> anyway, I'm sorry. I thought y'all needed a little levity. <clears throat> and he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, some of y'all are probably thinking this, they that were about him with the twelve asked what the parable, what did that mean? What did it mean? And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, now he's, beginning, he's going to describe, he's going to explain what this parable meant. How then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. So the seed is what? The word of God, right? The seed is the word of God. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root. In other words, they were not truly converted. It sounded good to them. Religion had a, had a, a, good, a good sound to it. And they say, yeah, I, 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 I need some of that. And they got involved. How many of y'all know people can come to church and like church but not be converted? They can like the singing. They can like the ministry. They can like holding the doors open. They can like waving people. Uh, they can like uh, parking people in the parking lot and, and, and not be converted. But they like it. All right? The Bible says they have no root. And so endure but a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, they immediately are what? Can I tell you how many times people come in and they hear the music? Woo, this is great. Man, they see the handshake and they see the fellowship and they see all. Man, this is awesome. I love all of this until the word is preached and it cuts them. And they are offended. They didn't like what was said. Are y'all with me? And then you can't find them. And then it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. How many people you've seen come in and hear the word? But they got busy. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they. So, so far we've had three different, three different types of ground. Three different types of hearts. Three different. But none of them, none of them bore fruit. None of them were truly saved. Some didn't get anything at all. They never even, some come to church and liked it, but never had any roots. And some just were so busy, had too many things going on, too many practices to go to. Too, too many busy schedules. I just, I'll get around to it. I'll, I, when I got time, I'll try to make. And never made it. So these are all unconverted people, unsaved people. Some of them even professed. They came to church and sat beside you and for professed to be Christians. But they had no, come on, they had no fruit. All right, but watch. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. What is this teaching us? This is teaching us this truth. If you are truly a disciple, 
If you are a true disciple, a true converted believer, you will have fruit. You will have fruit. Now, I know, I know the book, Secrets of the Vine, and, 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 and I, I like the book. He's just wrong. The first part of the book tells you that this, this, this vine here in John 15 that has no fruit, they're a true believer. They just don't have any fruit. That's not biblical. Because where there's life, there's fruit. Now, it may be a lower quantity, and it may be a little bit, but it's there. We, 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 can, we can believe the truth and mark that there are different levels of fruit. And there's going to be people that has a little bit of fruit and some going to have more than that. And there's going to be a bunch of fruit. But they're going to have... There's only... There, there's three groups here. There's three groups here. And all of them have one thing in common. They have no fruit. And the thing that's common about them, they're not true believers. They were never truly converted. And because they were never truly converted, they bore no So what do you think? By comparing Scripture with Scripture, Bible with Bible, what do you think Jesus is talking about in John 15 when he says, every branch in me or among me that connects himself to me, that attaches himself to me, who is following behind me. We know this is possible. We know this happened all through the book of John, that there were people that followed him everywhere. Some wanted to uh, see a miracle. Some wanted free food. But either way, they attached themselves to Jesus in his ministry, but they were not true believers. And they walked away. So what is Jesus saying? Every branch in me that beareth not he taketh away. Watch what it says. Watch what it says down, down a few verses later. Watch what it says a few verses later. Verse number, verse number five. No, no, verse six. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are that always represents judgment. There's no way in this world that that could be talking about a believer. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right. No fruit. No. Look, look, look under D. Look under D. Right beside Mark 4, 120. No fruit equals no life. No life. Where there's life, there's always fruit. Look what, look what he says. Let's, let's look back. This is, this is why I believe, this is why I believe he's, he's in referencing, he's talking about Judas, the difference between Judas and the real disciples. John 15, 6 says, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch. He's withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now watch what it says, John 15, 3. John 15, 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Say that with me. Now ye are Who's he talking to? He's talking to the disciples, right? The real deal. The true believers, the 11. He said, ye are clean. Clean, right? I hope I'm not boring you. Some of you are looking like, oh, I hope I'm not going too fast. But this is, this, I'm telling you, when you get this, this is going to be great. Turn with me to John 13. While you're turning, let me keep talking because I'm running out of time. In John 15, in John 15, he's speaking to true blue disciples, the real deal. And he called them clean, right? He called them clean. Now let's go to John 13. Look in John 13. <clears throat> it's in your notes if you don't have your Bible. John 13, verse 10. Now, you remember, this is when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. Y'all remember that? He's washing the disciples' feet. They get to Jesus, or Jesus gets to Peter. No, uh-uh, you ain't washing my feet. He said, oh, yeah. If I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Oh, man, then wash everything. You remember? Oh, spontaneous Peter, always putting his foot in his mouth. 
Just wash everything. He said, I don't have to wash everything because you're clean. He's, he's, he's referencing, in other words, you don't have to get re-saved. You just got to get cleaned up a little bit. You're clean, but what was he washing? Their feet. And I'm not going to go in and reteach all that. You do go back and look where I was taught in, in, in chapter 13. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. <clears throat> John 13, 10. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save but to wash his feet. In other words, you don't need to take a whole bath. You just need to clean up some spots. Y'all with me? In other words, that's in reference to a person that's saved, but we still have to come to God and confess some sins. I'm saved, but I hollered at my wife. I'm saved, but I had an episode on 157 where them two lanes go into one again. Pox Dustin was with me this time. Y'all with me? I'm saved, but I had to talk to Jesus about it. I had some feet cleaning to do. Y'all with me? He's saying you're clean. In other words, you're converted. You're saved. Watch, 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 watch. He that is washed needeth not saved to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean. Talking to the disciples, but not all of you. Not all of you. I wonder who he is talking about. Look here. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all what? Clean. Who was he talking about? Judas. Judas. He's making a distinction. Here in John, here in John 15, he's saying ye, talking to the true disciples. Remember, Judas is not with them anymore. He's gone out to do his thing. He's gone out to meet the soldiers to come and arrest Jesus. And, and he is saying in the upper room, he said, all y'all are clean except, except who? Judas. He's not, he's not a real disciple. He's not a real believer. He is not clean. Is this making sense? That's why he says in John 15, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken. How did he, how did he clean the group? He got, rid of, he got rid of Judas by saying this, what thou do, do quickly. He cleaned them. Y'all with me? Uh, let's see, let's see. Watch this. A fruitful branch. This is great. Watch how all these words come together. Now, now we go from talking about a false disciple or an unfruitful branch. Now let's talk about a true disciple. And a true disciple will always bear... Watch this, watch this. This is so good. Look at your notes now. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. John 15, we got time. We can do it. We can do it. The first page. The first page. John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth. What color is that? By the way, y'all wasn't supposed to get the color version. <clears throat> but I'm glad you did. This time. Because this is going to help you. It's going to make sense. Watch this. He that abideth. All right, watch this. John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye... What color is that? Green. All right. If ye continue in my word... Now he is referencing a true, blue, real deal disciple. How are you going to know a real deal disciple? How are you going to know if you continue? He says in John 15, 5, He that abideth. In, in John 8, 31, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. All right, watch, 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 watch. Here is my Father glorified, John 15. We're going to come back to the other green sentence. John 15, 8, here is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. What is he saying? It, a true blue disciple will always bear fruit. Okay, watch this. John 15, 16. This is great. 
Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring forth. Now watch what he says about it. And that your fruit should remain. What color is that? Green. First John 2, 19. Now John is describing people that's bugged out on the Christians. In other words, they went to church with him for a while, but now they're nowhere to be found. Y'all with me? Watch what he says about them. 1 John 2, 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, in other words, real deal, if they'd have been true Christians, they would no doubt have, what color? Continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of All right. Look at your green words. Give me some of them. Abide. Continue. Remain. Three different English words. The same identical Greek word. Mino. Which means to remain, to tarry. It means to last. What is he saying? He's saying this. A true disciple will always bear and that fruit will last. And they will last. A true believer will always continue, will always abide. The old saints, the old men of God, the old saints have this, this gone on, them old gravelly preachers I, I grew up listening to, I was sitting on the front row when I was a little kid, they'd say, I believe in the, 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 the perseverance of the saints. In other words, what they're saying is a true believer will stay a true believer. And John here in 1 John is saying, listen, they, they were among us for a little while, but they left us. But they left us and they're not continuing with us to manifest that they were never of us. And what is John saying here in John 15? He's saying this, if you have no fruit, you are a false professor. You are a false disciple. But if you are a true disciple... If you are a true converted believer, if you are a true follower of Christ, you will bear fruit. And you'll be doing it till Jesus comes. It will remain. Mino, continue, abide, remain. All of these words are the same. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, I want you to bear fruit and your fruit will remain. It will remain. If you're a true disciple, you will bear fruit. You may not bear as much as some other believer, but you're going to have some. And if you have no fruit, you're not a genuine believer. And I truly believe that he is teaching and he is developing and helping them understand how in the world Judas could do what he did and now not be among them. Because he's explaining he never was to begin with. Guys, you're going to see people come in and out of church forever. There's going to be people that come into this church and like the music, like the style, like everything, get involved, sign up for this and sign up for that, then all of a sudden they get upset about something. Let's use the Bible word. They get offended. And then they'll leave and tell everybody in the country that, you know, we're a sorry church and sorry people and we don't love Jesus and don't love blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you their problem. They had no root. And when affliction came, They were not true believers. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Y'all with me? We're out of time. All right, here's what we're going to do. How many of y'all are going to remember to bring that back next week? Y'all are lying in the house of the Lord. Your track record does not bear witness to what you just testified. 
<laughs> okay, I need your honest answer. Did we cover too much ground tonight? No. Is everybody with us? Yes. Okay, if you are confused, just hang in there. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna finish this up next week, and we're going to talk about this some more. So if we tried to, i tell you what to do. i tell you what to do. If we tried to cover too many grounds and go to too many verses and scriptures, the best thing to do is go home and watch it again. And I guarantee you, you'll learn something every time you watch it, and God will show you something every time and catch you up. Uh, guys, here's what I'm doing. We're, we're, weaning, we're weaning ourselves off of milk, and we're going to chew on the bone. Y'all don't need to be baby Christians long. I don't need to stay in the ABCs of the Bible. We're going to dig. Because this world needs strong Christians. You cannot be strong sucking on a bottle. Y'all with me? We're going to pull the binky out of our mouth and we're going to get down and study the word. Church, say amen. amen. Lord, thank you so much for a hungry crowd. Thank you for your word. Thank you for divine.